Praise the Lord. All right. Good evening, everybody. Y'all doing good? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I just want to spend a little bit of time tonight and uh, most likely next week talking about some habits of strong believers. So those that have a strong spirit. We know that according to God's word, we have a strong spirit. But how do we maintain and how do we keep a strong spirit? We know from Proverbs 18, 14, that it is the strong spirit of the man that sustains us in a time of testing, in a time of bodily pain, in a time of infirmity. It is the strong spirit. So we don't want to allow our spirit man to get weakened. And we've been discussing some of the things that can be drains to our inner man, to our spirit man. You see, you're not seeing the real Pastor Mark tonight. You're just seeing my shell. This is my earth suit. This is my body. I am a spirit being. You are a spirit being. Created in the image and likeness of God. Now we have a soul which is made up of our mind, our will and our emotions. And we live in a physical body. So the real you needs to be maintained. The real us needs to be strengthened. And there are plenty of things out there that will, if we allow it to, will drain us of our strength. You know, just like um, if you fill up a bathtub and you don't put the, you're trying to fill up a bathtub and you don't put the plug in, that water is just going to keep running and running and running and draining and draining and draining. And so some of the things that we discuss that can drain us spiritually, of course, is fear and fretting. Another thing is being fleshly or being carnal. You know, in in Romans chapter 8, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So living a life according to the flesh and just living a selfish life for me, myself, and I is something that absolutely will drain us spiritually speaking. And that's why he tells us in the book of Hebrews that we need to lay aside the weights. We need to streamline, if you will, and lay aside the weights and, of course, the sins which so easily beset us that we may run with patience the race that is set before us. And then last Sunday morning, uh, we talked about being overloaded and being too busy in life. Uh, Many people are addicted to speed, not the drug, but the lifestyle. And so they're addicted to the adrenaline that living busily uh, brings into their lives. And I said Sunday morning, we don't know so much need a to-do list in our lives. We need a not-to-do list. Or rather, what matters the most list. And as we spend time with the Lord, we'll be able to discern what's important in our lives. And what is on His agenda. What is on His menu. Remember that when Martha had Jesus over to the house, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But she was overly anxious and cumbered about many things and about much serving. And Jesus pointed to her and said, Martha, Martha, there's only one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. You know, the Lord by his Holy Spirit will know will tell us what is the main things for us in our lives. Do you believe that? And so Sunday morning, we talked about some things 
that will enable us to enter into rest. I believe that God's best for us is for us to live in a place of rest. We talked about coming to Him and waiting upon Him. And we also discussed the fact that we can rest in the finished works of Christ. Thank God it is done. It is finished. Your healing is forever settled in heaven. And what we need to do is establish it here upon the earth. Your prosperity is forever settled in heaven. It's bought and paid for. And what we do is we establish it here on the earth. Amen? Same with peace. Same with joy. All these things are bought and paid for. Jesus did it all for us. Amen? So we then enter into that with our faith. Now, there's one thing that I want to just talk briefly about tonight. And this is a major drain. And you've got to be very mindful of it. Because all the things that are going on, going out, going on, out in the world... All the voices here and all the voices there. Sometimes even you get with family and people have different views and they have different attitudes. Have you ever found that out? Sometimes there can be even quarreling within a family about certain beliefs and certain things. Well, one thing we need to make sure of is that we do not allow strife to drain us of spiritual strength. Strife, my brothers and sisters, is a killer. So let's look over at James chapter 3, and I'll let you know what the verse here is in a minute. James, the third chapter. And I think it's right around verse 14 or so. Yeah, I'll, I'll get over there. James chapter 3, actually. And we'll begin over here in uh, verse uh, 16. James 3. No wonder it's not working for me. I am in Peter. <laughs> Don't try to preach out of James when you're in, in First Peter. James chapter uh, three, uh, 3 and then verse 14. Let's look at there. Let's begin there. It says here in verse 14, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. In other words, it doesn't come from heaven. It doesn't come from God. So what does not come from heaven and does not come from God... We have no business dealing in it. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, it is sensual, and it is devilish. And in verse 16 he says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Does anyone know what the Bible says about confusion? The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion, but He is the author of peace. So where there is strife, where there is dissension, God is not in it. It doesn't come from Him. Amen. And it comes from the enemy. For where envy and strife is, 
there is confusion and every evil work. So when people walk around in their life and talk about how confused they are, it may just be that strife is the culprit. Well, I'm so confused. Well, why are you confused? We have no reason to be confused because we've got 66 books that give us the answers for life. But it says here, where there is envying and strife, there is confusion in every evil work. One person said it like this, that strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Because where strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. That sounds like the enemy to me. But over 17. But the wisdom that is from above. Read it with me. What is it? The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, we will get ample opportunity to step out of this love walk. God has placed His love on the inside of every born-again believer. In Romans 5, verse 5, it says that the love of God is shed abroad, where? In our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So disagreements, talking back and forth, opens up the door for unforgiveness. It opens up the door for bitterness. And it opens up the door for things that we have no business with or dealing in. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians the 4th chapter. Don't let strife in. I mean if you have to get up from the Thanksgiving table or the Christmas table. And go in the bathroom and bind the devil. Just do it. Whatever you've got to do. To maintain your walk with God and your walk in love with God, do it. And here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. He says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. We need to be mindful of the words that we speak. Two people... And about people. And I believe that we can catch ourselves if we will stay prayed up and if we'll stay in this word. And we need to ask ourselves is what I'm about to say, is it going to minister peace? Is it going to minister grace? Or is it going to open up the door for the enemy? And the Bible says, don't let it ever come out of your mouth. Amen. And verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So strife grieves the Holy Spirit. Corrupt communication, evil speaking about people, arguing, fussing and fighting 
opens the door, if you will, and grieves the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I never want to grieve him. Has anybody ever grieved him before? Well, I sure have. And I've been in a place where I've grieved him, and all of a sudden, I couldn't sense his presence. Folks, we need the presence of God. We do not have the luxury of opening the door to strife and unforgiveness and bitterness in our lives. Amen. Now notice with me. Here's what we do. In verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now read verse 32 with me. And be ye... Be what? Do you think Christians ought to be kind? Do you think Christians ought to be loving? It is not the great suggestion by the Master when He said that you love one another. It is the great commandment. Amen? And so He says... And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Amen. So what this is saying to us is don't allow bitterness, don't allow unforgiveness into your life, but let it go and let God work every situation out. Now look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Everyone say, let it go. Let it it drop. drop. It's not worth it. it. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Verse 14 says, follow peace with everyone that agrees with you. Is that what it says? To the best of your ability... Live at peace and follow peace with all men. That doesn't mean you agree with all men. But what it means is you are not going to get in arguments with them. You are not to do that. You're to follow after the peace of God that's on the inside of you with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now read verse 15 with me. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So if we allow bitterness into our life and unforgiveness in our life, it can take root in our lives. And once it takes root in a person's life, the scripture says that it can spring up. And bring all kinds of trouble in our lives. Amen. Amen. So how many of you are interested in walking in love? What about the rest of you? Look at John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. John 13. So this can be very draining. It can be very draining. It can deplete your spirit of spiritual strength. John 13, verse 34 and 35... Let's go to verse 34. He says, A new commandment I give unto you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Read verse 35 with me. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another. So if there's bitterness, if there's unforgiveness, get it out of your life. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So let's talk briefly about some of the habits that we can develop in our lives to maintain a strong spirit. Number one, we need to make sure that we feed our spirits daily by reading God's word. What did Jesus say in Matthew 4 verse 4? He said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I like what Gloria Copeland said. She said, arrange your schedule around the word instead of trying to make the word fit into your busy life. Number two, a person with a strong spirit builds their faith by listening to God's word every day. Every day. In Romans 10, 17, it says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I was in a lot of meetings yesterday and I got a lot of information that I had to process. And the way that I process information that is not exactly what you would consider to be good news is I process that information by going into my prayer closet and getting my faith built up. Amen? The worst time for you to entertain thoughts that come to your mind, the worst time for that is when you're around people and in a situation where you're hearing bad reports. Amen. So it's important, it's vital to get yourself built up and to stay built up in the word and faith will come by hearing. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. I believe in having the word handy wherever you're at. I believe it. I got myself some ear pods now. When I work out, I can listen to two or three good messages on faith, on love. I'm beyond that on that bike or doing whatever I'm doing. But I'm not just exercising my body. I'm exercising my spirit. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm listening to what God is saying to me. Somebody says, well, I don't have time to do that. You do have time to do that. You just haven't discovered that you do. You see, I believe that there's too much wasted time in Christians' lives. That if we would make God's Word a priority in our lives, our lives would be completely changed and completely different. Look at Proverbs says, He says in verse 20, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Next verse. Keep them, let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them where? Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they, my words, are life to those that, what? Find them and health to all their flesh. Amen. 
One person said it this way, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you also need to know something else, that doubt also comes by hearing. And that's why Jesus said to be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you are hearing. Number three, a person with a strong spirit strengthens and encourages themselves daily by speaking God's word over their lives. It's true. In, in uh, Proverbs 18.21, he says that death and life are where? They're in the power of the tongue. Put God's word in your heart and you will begin to speak it with your mouth. God's word in your mouth will cause good things to happen in your life. Thank God for God's word in Pastor Brenda's mouth. But God's word in your mouth will work for you and it can change your life just like it has changed her life. Say it with me. God's word in my heart, spoken out of my mouth, will cause good things to happen in my life. Well, what do you say, Pastor Mark? I mean, what, what kind of words do you speak daily? Well, I say this. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I say that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I say that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I say that I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I say that I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I say that I am complete in him, accepted in him. I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I'm a son of God, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And not only that, but I'm walking in the blessings of Abraham. Woo, hallelujah. So he says, are you done? No, I'm not done. I'm just getting started. I'm bold as a lion. I'm free from fear. I'm in this world just like Jesus was an overcomer. I am an overcomer. But not only that, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but glory to God. Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, what can you do, Pastor Mark? I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. I'm declaring who I am. I'm declaring what I have. I'm declaring what I can do because of the finished works of Christ. So number three, those with a strong spirit then, what do they do? They speak God's word daily. Number four, they dominate and they control their thought lives by filling their minds with God's word. What does Romans say? Romans says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed. Renew your mind according to the word of God. The best way that I know how to renew my mind is to meditate in the word. Here's what Joshua said. Joshua said, this book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest, what? Observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Well, what do I do with all these crazy imaginations? Anybody ever had any crazy images come into their... What do you do with those? Do Do we think them out? Do we try to outthink the devil? No, we don't think them out. We cast them out. 
And that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us casting down. Casting down. Cast down those thoughts. Cast down those imaginations that don't line up with the Word of God. Well, I think we need to look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. When thoughts and situations come to my mind, I'm just going to say what the Word says. When you have a thought that is opposite of what God says belongs to you, you just say, no, devil, I'm not taking that thought. Capture that thought and cast it down. Read it with me. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The last one we're going to look at tonight and spend just a little bit more time with is this. A person with a strong spirit will anchor and establish their hearts by giving God continual praise and thanksgiving. Look with me at Psalms 34 and verse 1. Psalm 34 and verse 1. We'll look at verses 1 through 3. He said, I will bless the Lord only when I feel like it. Now, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse 3. Read it with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us... Magnify the Lord. What does a magnifying glass do? It makes things look bigger. Well, we know God's not getting any bigger because He's the most high God, but He can get bigger in my eyes. And He can get bigger in your eyes. And so when you magnify Him, things begin to enlarge on the inside of us. He becomes bigger to us. All of a sudden, those things that look impossible don't look impossible anymore because we are enabled to see things as He sees them. We're able to magnify the Lord. In other words, we'll start to see Him larger and the problem smaller. And that's a good thing when that happens. Listen to this statement. Whatever we magnify and whatever we glorify, we give place to in our lives. Whatever we glorify, whatever we magnify, we give place to. And so I just dropped by tonight to encourage you to magnify Him. Because Him will enlarge you on the inside. And not only that, it'll give him a bigger place to work in you. You know, when you think about it, that's what Abraham did. Look at Romans chapter 4. And uh, notice with me these verses over here. Romans, the fourth chapter. And we notice in verse 17. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead. And we serve a God who calls those things which be not 
as though they were. Now notice verse 18. Who against hope, what did he do? He believed in hope. In other words, when all natural hope was gone, he switched gears and he had faith in a supernatural hope, which gave him an expectation. Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. And what was it according to? It it was according to that which was spoken. And what was spoken? The thing that was spoken was God said to Abram, You are the father of many nations. Oh, hallelujah. And so shall thy seed be. Now notice verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God, the fact that he was the father of many nations, through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, doing what? Did you know this? The more you give God the glory for the promise that he has given you, the stronger you will be in faith. And the stronger you are in faith, the stronger your spirit will be. I'm telling you, folks, there's power in giving God some glory. There's manifest presence. There's anointing on giving him glory. As a matter of fact, he says that he will inhabit the praises of his people. Glory to God. Now notice verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what was he able to do? Well, certainly God was able to perform it, but Abraham needed to not just be persuaded, but Abraham needed to be fully persuaded. Man, do you know when you get to a place when you're fully persuaded? That's overflow time. And I believe that giving glory to God is a big key to overflowing. Hallelujah. And having confidence that my God said it, and he's watching over his word to perform it on my behalf. Somebody shout amen. Amen. And verse 22 says this, And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now understand this. Abraham did not magnify or glorify how old he was. If he had magnified and talked about how old he was, the promise would have never been performed. He didn't magnify. He didn't glorify how old he was. Remember the principle. Whatever I magnify. Tomorrow morning, when I wake up, whatever I magnify, whatever I glorify, I'm going to give place to. So if I wake up in the morning moaning and groaning and complaining about my large toe hurting. If I wake up, if you wake up in the morning moaning and groaning and complaining because it's raining outside. Oh dear Lord, it's another day. I just want to stay in bed for the rest of my life. Whatever you magnify, whatever you glorify, you're going to give place to. But what if you woke up in the morning... And as soon as your eyes opened up, you started praising Him. You started saying, I magnify you today. 
I give you thanksgiving for another day to be alive. I thank you, Lord God, that my race is not over, that I'm going to run my race today strong. I magnify you, Lord. What will happen? What will happen is you're giving place to him. Just like you can give place to the devil through doubt, fear, and unbelief, you can give place to God by magnifying him and speaking what he has said concerning your life. I believe this, that we need to get fully persuaded with the promises of God. All of his promises. Come on, somebody. All of his promises. What about all of his promises? All of his promises. All of his promises are yes and amen. Amen. So he's given us the promise and he is the great promise keeper. He is faithful to watch over his promises when his people will magnify and glorify him and trust him just like Abraham did. I like it, don't you? Quickly go over to Hebrews chapter 11 and we'll look at verse 5. How many of you ever heard of a guy named Enoch? I know that's the southern version of Enoch. Enoch. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in the 5th verse. Amen. People with strong spirits read the Word every day. People with strong spirits listen to the Word every day. People with strong spirit cast down imaginations every day. Come on, somebody. People with strong spirits pray in the Spirit every day. And build their inner man up. But people with strong spirits also magnify the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Notice what Enoch did in Hebrews 11.5. It says, by faith. Everyone say, by faith. By faith. How are the just supposed to live? By faith. Who are the just? We are. How shall the just live? By faith. Say with me, I've been justified. I've been justified. And I'm a living by faith. I'm living by faith. So by faith. Enoch was translated. Amazing. Here one day, gone the next. Just like the body of Christ. Here one day, woo, gone the next. Well, it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and they couldn't find him. Where'd he go? Because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had this testimony. In other words, something happened to Enoch for Enoch to be positioned to be translated. Enoch was not just translated because God was in a good mood that day and said, Eni, meeny, miny, mo, there's Enoch, a good Jewish boy. Let's translate him. No. It says here, for before, everyone say before. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased Please God. And if you looked into greater depths with Enoch, you will find in the book of Genesis that the thing that pleased God was Enoch walked with God. 
He walked with a God he couldn't see. He walked with a God perhaps that he couldn't sense. How did he walk with God? He walked with God by faith, just like you and I walk with God by faith. And his walk with God and his faith in God so pleased God, oh, come on, somebody, that he moved him from one place to another. And I just want to say to you tonight that faith can move you out of one realm into another, into another place. Amen. Where is it you need to move from? Do you need to move out of depression into joy? If you'll just walk with God by faith and magnify Him and you'll give place to Him, He'll move you out of your, of your current circumstance into His perfect plan and will for your life. You see, He pleased God. The Bible doesn't say He pleased God when He was translated. No, he pleased God before. Everyone say before. Before. He pleased God before he was translated. Before we receive the manifestation. Before the bills are paid. Before our joy is renewed. Before our peace comes. We must please God. Before your manifestation. We must please him. My brothers and sisters, faith pleases God. And those with a strong spirit have learned the language of the redeemed. They've learned the language of redemption. They have learned the language of faith. And one of the great, greatest languages of faith is praise and thanksgiving. It's a way to please God. It's a way to stay strong in the Lord. See, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Let's look at that in closing. I know it's 845, but I just don't care. I'm not bound by clocks. How about you? Hebrews 11. No, we're not going to preach all night. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Notice this with me. It does not say without results, it's impossible to please God. It doesn't say without your money, it's impossible to please God. It doesn't say without your healing, it's impossible to please God. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Oh, come on, somebody. And here's what the devil's business is. The devil is into condemning people. The enemy brings condemnation if he can get us out of the arena of faith, looking at ourselves. Oh, we should have been further along by now. No, you walk by faith to the best of your ability. Let God be God in your life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. For praise is an action of faith that gives God a right to get into your business. How many of you want God in your business? Well, let's stand up and give Him some praise then.